right, welcome to the Sports Ethos Los Angeles Chargers podcast. We're recording this right at halftime of Chiefs Jets because we don't care. I, I don't want to watch Zach Wilson for three hours. I'd rather do a pod with my boy Brandon Furtado. How are you doing, brother? I'm good, Rob. Good as always. And yep, you're right. We don't feel like watching Zach Wilson. Yeah, uh, Shane will hop in a little bit later, give him his thoughts. So, so here's where I want to start. And I, I think... You know, for every week we talk about the good teams here and there, and we'll, we'll talk about the Chargers and a bunch of the good teams here shortly. Uh, but uh, I'm going to ask you uh, this question, Brandon. Give me, uh, I guess it would be bottom to top, but give me your top five worst teams in the National Football League. Like, what's your ranking of the absolute bargain bin of the National Football League from the worst team to, like, the semi-okay top uh, five worst NFL teams? I mean... So I'll start at five because number one would be the worst. So five, I think right now, if I was to look at the landscape of the NFL, I mean, it's it's it's, it's easier when you get towards the top because five and four are kind of like, ugh, like I don't want to, like I could, put, I could put either interchangeably. No, I'm saying number one is the worst team in the league. Well, yeah, yeah. number one's the worst, but yeah. – well, so wait, wait, should I start from go from worst to to okay? Oh, okay, so we're worst to okay. That was what we're doing. Yeah, we're doing worst to best. Okay, so worst. Well, that's uh, <laughs> worst to I mean, semi best. Yeah. Well, for me, I mean the worst. That's where I. I it's it's the Bears. It's uh, easily the Bears. It's so, easily. So yeah. So just I mean. A, you know, worst record in the league right now. B, uh, they uh, coaching is a mess. C, uh, they have lots of internal drama right now. Um, D, the the team just can't get out of their own way. Like they they were they were whooping the Broncos today, and uh, still ended up losing. Um, I mean, not much more you can say about that. That's actually pretty easy. Um, and then number two, <laughs> I would say it's the team that won. It's the Broncos. Broncos, yeah. I have uh, one and two exactly the same. I after watching that game, it was pretty easy. Yeah, Broncos. I mean, they won, but they were getting embarrassed that that entire, really, the entire game up until the fourth quarter when they just decided, hey, we're we're gonna sit up now in our seats and actually play. Um, so. Uh, I mean that's pretty easy because I mean one of these teams had to be zero and four, so you know whichever team was what was zero and four was going to be the worst team, whichever you know one was going to be right right next to it. So that's two, three, and this is where to me it starts getting interesting because I can put a lot of teams at three. Honestly, there's a ton. I mean, it's it's tough for me, but I think at three. At three, I'm going to put. Now nah, you know what I'm gonna put. I'm gonna put the New England Patriots at three. Whoa! Really? Yeah. Yeah. I don't. Okay. Explain your case. Three. So, the reason I put them at three, I mean their offense is unwatchable. Mac Jones is. I mean he's he he's flat out terrible. Um, you know their their defense. Is is decent, but they got absolutely railroaded by the by the Cowboys today. 
Um, they're just not a fun team to watch. They're boring. They don't score a lot of points. Um, I mean, there, there's not a lot of redeeming qualities. They don't, they don't have really, uh, I mean, outside of maybe, you know, the, the defense, but uh, the offense has no redeemable, like star, star players. Um, it's not fun to watch. That's why I have them at three. I think because... their defense is fun. I think their defense is fun. I just think Mac Jones. I like Mac Jones, but it's like, am I wrong in saying that this offense still feels way too simplistic? Yeah, that. But that. But that's that's kind of leading to my point. They're just boring to watch, just because they're they're, they're like we said, you know, multiple weeks already. It feels like a, a team that's in a different playing in a different era. Oh, for sure. I don't, like think, there's, I don't like, think there's a question about that. But, like, that's why. But, see, they're not as close to to 1 and 2 as they are to 4 and 5. But here's the thing. This is, why it's, this is why I can say I can put a lot of teams here because I have, like, seven teams or eight teams I don't like at all. I'm giving you five. So, exactly. <laughs> that, that's why it's hard for me. That's, that's why I'm, like – that's why there's going to be some bombshells because I have to. I'm. I want to include all the teams that are just terrible, but I can't. So, but that's why I put the I put the Patriots at three. I don't like, and the teams that are four and five, you know, they have fire to them, but the Patriots are a boring team to watch. They have a boring offense, and their defense is not like if their offense can't go. I don't care how good their defense is; they're not going to win games. Because if their offense can't score more than like you know, fifteen twenty points a game, and that's being generous. It feels right now. like max they're gonna score fifteen every week now. Yeah, that's why I put them at three. They're they're like, I think they're better than the Broncos, way better than the Broncos and way better than the Bears. But I don't think they're better than the other teams that can actually put up fights that are still like you know you know for lack of a better word crappy teams. But you know that's why I put them at three at four, and like I said, three is where you know. Three is where it gets interesting because that's why I could I could put three to five in any order, but I'm just I'm going off the top of my head. So at four, I man, and this is where it gets this is where it gets real tough for me. Uh at four, I am probably going to put the Arizona Cardinals. Wow. Okay. Yeah. State your case. So. Listen, they have a, they 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 had two games they should have won. Um, they they won one of them. Um, they did beat the Cowboys. They they look good against the Cowboys. Josh Dobbs is doing the best he can with what he has, but we knew coming into the season the Cardinals weren't going to be good, and we just know that you know entering games you know they'll put up a fight, but they're ultimately going to lose. You know, like the, the the Cowboys are the Cowboys. Cowboys always choke the bad teams. That's that's nothing new. That's not unheard of. Um, you know, so you know when I look at, I mean, you know, their their offense goes as Josh Dobbs goes, but it's not good enough. That's the that's why I put them at four. They're they're better than the Patriots, I think, but they're just we knew coming into the season they weren't going to be a good football team. We knew that. But, the, know, but my surprise, Brandon, is that they are not the worst team in the National Football League. Yeah, they are just oh. not. They're not the worst team in the league. Yeah, but that's but that's why I put them at, at, you know, like 
you know, we obviously know the ba- the Bears are bad. You know, we know the Broncos are bad. You know, that's why I said, like, uh, you know, coming into the season, we knew the Cardinals were going to be bad. We thought, you know, we if you would ask me this start, at the start of the season, I would put Cardinals at one. And, that, and I would put a big gap between everybody else and the, and the Cardinals. But the Cardinals have showed me something that, you know, they're not the Bears. They're not the Broncos. They can be competitive against, against you know, decent teams to, to good teams. I mean, they weren't. They weren't too competitive today, but there was a moment today in that Niners game where they were close with the Niners for a brief moment. So, you know, if they can get their consistency going, I mean that they're they're not as bad as we thought they were, but they're definitely still in my top five just because they're they're not a they're not a winning they're not a winning team they're not a winning culture. Uh, you know, Dobbs is what he is. He's not a franchise quarterback. We know this, um, because he's a he's a you know career long backup, um. Kyler Murray's and uh, who knows where Kyler Murray's going to be. He's he, he I was just reported earlier this week that he's in quote unquote multiple weeks away from coming off the pub list. Whatever yeah. that report so, means. So so you know his his whole situation is still a, still kind of a drama case. Um you know James Conner like one week he's up, one week he's down. He's kind of been a little inconsistent. I mean today he he was a he wasn't great. Um he had his worst game of the season today. Today was yeah. not good. Otherwise, he's been probably their most consistent performer on offense. Yeah, but I will say, like he, he, you know, he's known to have a couple good games, and then maybe a, you know a game or two where it's not so good. So he's not consistent to be considered a decent running back. I watched him say decent, a good, a good running back. Um, and and they're like I said, their defense is touch and go. You know, one one day they're playing hard, and one day like they're very inconsistent. If I had to describe the Cardinals in one word, it's inconsistent, and that's kind of why I put them at four. And you and know what? I, if you're a Cardinals fan, that's not a bad word to be associated with. Versus yeah. what we said at the beginning of the year, which was trash. They're not trash. Yeah. They're just inconsistent. And that's better. And then, and it will it will shock who I put at five. You, you thought three and four were shocking? Oh, you've seen nothing yet. You want to you know who, my, who five is? Who's at five? Oh, oh, this, this would be fun. The Cincinnati Bengals. That is the reason for the conversation. Go ahead, state your case. We talked about this a little bit earlier when you and I were talking. This is going to be really fun to talk about on the podcast. State your case, why they're and, at five. And so, you know, to me and you, it's not surprising, but to people listening, it might be because, you know, you hear Cincinnati grouped with, grouped with those teams and you're like, oh, no way. But when you look at their issues, uh, they are not a good football team in any way shape or form they are any capacity any capacity they 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 struggle burrow in the offense struggles to throw the ball and he's and on top of that he's playing hurt um there's no the 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 receiver not in sync jamar chase just caused drama today by saying he's open uh after the game i'm fucking open yeah uh so he's already causing some controversy um, you know, the defense is nowhere near as good as they were last year. They're terrible this year. They're not the they worst. They don't but... even have a secondary. They yeah. let Derrick Henry run all over them. Yeah. And that's, and that's, that, that's, and that, see now, if they, if they would have won this game, I would, they would have been out. They would probably have been, they probably would have been, if you would have told me top five, they would have been at seven or eight, but because they lost this game, they fall into the top five because the Titans are abysmal. And you got blown They're, out. The by Titans the are Titans. unwatchable. 
They're in the so, unwatchable class with the Vikings. Also, so, I have a quick yeah. thought on the Bengals to help with your case. Yeah. yeah. Is one of the reasons that defense is terrible, or at least one of the biggest reasons, is that they don't have Jesse Bates? I was going to say the same thing. I was going to actually bring that up. Losing Jesse Bates was bigger than people thought it was. They knew, they listen, you know he was a good, you know, one of the top safeties in the league. He was young. You let him go. Uh, I mean, you know, it hasn't been, you know, pretty in Atlanta. But he's but, their uh, best, but he's, he's literally their best player in the secondary in Atlanta. And he showed yeah. it today in, yep. in London. Like, it's and, very clear. Yeah. And, you know, but see, that that's what people don't realize is that, you know, like, well, I should say the, the, the casual football fan doesn't realize this because everybody focuses on the star players, the star offensive players, all that stuff. But what do we say all the time? The cliche, defense wins championships. That was why the, the Bengals have been in championship contention the past, you know, three years, three, four years, you know, three, four years or so. Like, they've had that kind of promise. But the problem is once you lose a big piece like that and once your defense starts to suffer, you are no longer a championship team. The Bengals, as of right now, this could change. You know, never know. Seasons four week, four weeks in. We're only we're only a quarter of the way in. About. We've li- we literally just hit October first. We're very early days here. We're early, yeah. But as of right now, they are nowhere, and I I don't care. They are nowhere near the Super Bowl, not even close. To we're smell. putting them in the wor- You're putting them in the top five worst teams category. That's yeah. how bad it's gotten. So you know. It's you know Burrow hasn't looked good. I mean, playing injured, but still, that's another problem too. They're letting him play injured, which does not help. Um, you know, Chase. They have a great wide receiver core. They got you know Boyd, Higgins, Chase, all those guys, and they can't seem to get anything rolling on offense every single week. It's a slog every week, and it shouldn't be when you have players that are that talented. You even have Mixon as your running back. You know, you you gotta you gotta literally you know you gotta have a better a better game plan. You know, because it's just the offense is just is just horrible right now. It's got to change. It needs to change. Um, and I just mean, you know, losing base, like we said, is, is massive. But the Bengals are five just because they can't get out of that one. No, 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 they're another team like the Patriots. They just can't get out of their own way. It's a team that just cannot get out of their own way. They have potential. They're not, but they're they're massively underwhelming. People, this is what people thought coming into the season was going to be another playoff run for them and they're they're not they're one in three they're one in three and mind you they're not just one in three in a good division they're one in three in a bad division in a bad division the afc north and i said this last time on the pod the afc north is unwatchable that even though the the ravens are three and one but the ravens are not a good football team they're they're pretty unwatchable at this time and the steelers are what they are they're they're a mediocre 500 football team but the Browns are. only have a good defense that gets suffocated by an abysmal offense. Yep. DTR got go. ragdolled today, which, yep. I mean, throwing him out there against a stout Baltimore defense is stupid enough, but okay. And then you have the Bengals at, at fourth in that division right now. And so, oh, and here's, here's, here's the craziest thing, too. Well, actually, it's not crazy. In that division, right, they have the points for, they have the lowest. They have 49 points. Across three games, and then or four games, and then points against they have ninety four. Jesus, in in four games, that's that's in that division, 
the Ravens only have 58 points against, and the Browns have 60, and they both have good defenses. And the Bengals were a team that had a good defense last year. So 94 points in f- four weeks is uh, not good football, to say the least. That's almost 24 points a game. I mean, that's average. But this is a team last year that was, what, giving up maybe like 13 points a game every week? Yeah. So that is, that's way up from where they were last year. So that's why I put the Bengals at five. They're just they're, – they're, nothing about them screams for a real contender like they've been for the past two or three seasons. Yeah, nothing about them at all. Which teams didn't make the cut? Give me the three that didn't make the top five cut. Oh, so what didn't make the cut? And do I have to give cases for them or just say why they didn't make just the cut? Just say that they didn't make the cut. Uh, For me, the other two or three – I mean, I'm trying to think. The other two or three that didn't make the cut for me, um, I would say – and this is in no order because I, I don't know what order I'd put, I'd put these guys in. Uh, Raiders. Um – I mean, prefer, I mean, I, I mean, they, they're, they're something else. Uh, uh, I would say Panthers. Um, but uh, Bryce Young's a rookie, so I kind of give him a pass. That's kind of why I didn't put them in the top, uh, in the top five either. Um, and he shows flashes. Like that team's gonna, that team's gonna have growing pains. And then probably my last one is probably. Well, actually, it's obvious. It's the Jets. So, yeah. you know, so that that would be. And if you want to take it one step further, I'll say the damn Giants. Even. Um, yeah, I just so I could the Giants. Like I said, that's why I had like eight or nine teams in my head. So when you told me five, I'm like, oh, how the hell do I want to? So I had to construct that list on the fly. That's, because... That was the intention. Because I'm also trained to construct it on the fly as well. Because I was just like. I could put any of those eight, nine teams in that five team Bubble. list. Yeah. So I was like, oh, now I have to make like, but I, th- I think, I mean, listen, I know I, I'm not the best articulated person on the pod, but at the same time, I think I got my point across as to why they, oh my God, the Jets are going to tie this damn game. Holy shit. Against the Chiefs, mind you. And you know what's funny? I could have put the Chiefs at number 10. Give me that case. So, well, this game's enough. You're struggling against the Jets. Mahomes has thrown two. I mean, listen, the Jets' defense is, is still decent, but it's the Jets. Mahomes should not be throwing two interceptions against the Jets. Um, Their offense is bad. Even with Travis Kelsey back, their offense is bad. Like, it's not even unwatchable. It's it's unwatchable. It's bad. It's it's predictable. It's crazy. It's, it's crazy to say a Chiefs offense is predictable, but it is. Yeah, I think that's, um, I think predictable is a fair word. They don't have a wide receiver core. There's nobody good in that wide receiver core at all. It's it, the only wide receiver they have is Travis Kelsey. He's a tight end. I know, um, and it's actually becoming a problem. Oh my God, Zach Wilson just ran in for the two point conversion. He literally made it himself. He did it with all himself. Oh my God, this game was seventeen nothing, folks, and it's twenty twenty. Jesus Christ. Oh my. Coasting. So coasting. Yep. That's that's another thing. Their de- listen, their defense is fine. That's why they're at ten. But that offense has been bad all season, and this game's no exception. The, 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 how you only have twenty points against the Jets, and you, and you you're in a you're in a dog fight with the New York Jets, a, a Zach Wilson led New York Jets, mind you. Uh, and I mean, just not on top of that too. The like, I mean, you know, we talk we talk about 
you know, the, the Chiefs and the offense looking stale, and I, I've said that. But Mahomes has not been an MVP caliber quarterback this year. He has not. You can't tell me. Like, listen, it was like, oh, he threw for three TDs last week. Uh, did you did you know who they played last week? The Bears. The exactly. Bears. Thank you. So I don't care if he puts up five touchdowns against the Bears. That's what you're supposed to do. You know, wait, like if he's right, he's throwing two interceptions, and mind you, it's not just interceptions because of because of him being under pressure. It's two interceptions he's just thrown up into double coverage looking for Travis Kelsey. Because he doesn't because trust Travis... anyone else. Yeah. And this is why I said last year, folks, for anybody paying attention, Travis Kelsey should was the MVP. He deserved it more than Patrick Mahomes. I will die on that hill. You can fight me about it. Travis Kelsey was not just the MVP of that team. If you want to give him MVP for the league, you absolutely could have. Because that offense was nothing without Travis Kelsey. And it hasn't been that way through four weeks. All right, let me give mine. Uh, we already did. We already did. Let's see. We already did the Broncos and the Bears. Bears at one, Broncos at two. Self-explanatory. Mm-hmm. Just dumpster fires. Uh, I, oh, my God. Let's see what I can do here. Yeah, that's the problem. See, that's the problem I had. I'm like, wow, I have six more teams to fit into to three spots. Give me the New York Jets. I fucking hate Zach Wilson. Oh. I fucking hate watching him play football. Like I, I and meanwhile hate he's actually it. been really good tonight. And meanwhile he's, he's actually, actually been good. good There's a reason we recorded because we thought the game was going to be a blowout. But I guess you guys get to enjoy our live reactions of what the hell this game has been so far. But dude, like it, it like their their team is really good. That overall Jets roster is really good. But yeah. God. Damn, I cannot watch Zach Wilson throw another pass. Like it's insane. Like I this minus this game, this game aside, because you know he's playing quite at least pretty well. I just, I just can't. It, it's just like he doesn't, he doesn't understand the fundamentals of football. It feels like he just lost it. Yeah, and I and I and I just don't get it. Like I don't understand. Like and that's, is, that's and that's a thing that I've been thinking about watching the Jets the last three weeks, and I don't know how to properly articulate this. You might be able to help me. Yeah. So there's all of these other thirty-two quarterbacks, right? Yep. And even Josh Dobbs, who's like a starter for half the year, right? Let's just say that, right? Because he's starting for half the year. Even him, at let's say what twenty-nine, thirty, whatever you want to put him at, thirty-one, whatever. These 32 quarterbacks feel like, okay, they're, they might be franchise guys to some teams. They might be good stopgap options. They might actually be franchise guys. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where I feel pretty comfortable about the 31 to some degree. Even Josh Dobbs, who's only doing this for six more weeks or however long. And then there's Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson just doesn't feel like he belongs when the rest of the 31 teams, and again, yes, including Josh Dobbs, feels pretty comfortable with their quarterback position at the moment. Yeah. Does that make sense? Like, am I articulating that well? No, it makes sense. Because we, we know how, like, and it's like you have guys like, like Daniel Jones, who's not good, but I would still take him over Zach Wilson. But I still but uh, I still think that the, but part of the reason why I put him in the 31, speaking of Daniel Jones is because regardless of how you feel about Daniel Jones, the Giants are still committed to him being their franchise quarterback, whether yeah, they like it or that, not. 
Yeah, and that too. Like, you know, when you look like how many teams can you look at right now and say that they're not they're not committed to their quarterback? Like it's only the, one. It's and only that one, one is the Jets. They they've even came out and it's basically been reported that the, his own team ha- doesn't have any faith in him. So, you know, not just the front office, but his own team has no faith in him as a starter. Uh, oh, and I mean, what about could... Justin Fields? Look, Justin Fields is still the starter the rest of the year. He's still yeah. in that category. What about Russell Wilson? He is on a five-year contract. Yep. Zach so Wilson's can't... the only one that doesn't belong. Yeah. Oh my lord! What a duck! What a what a duck that that Mahomes just threw. But yeah, but that's the the point is just like. You know, you said it fine. It's just, you know, there's no confidence in Zach Wilson from fans, media, the team, the front office, and he's not a good quarterback. So when you when you put all that together in a big pot, you're going to get a pretty much, what, a trash heap gumbo? Yeah, pretty much. So, pretty much. you know, it's like, what else, you know, like like the Jets have such a, it's, it's like, and it's like, you don't know where you go from here with, if you're the Jets. Because you don't even have you don't even have a viable backup option. Your backup option is Trevor Simeon. It's like, not viable. Like like other teams have a, at least a bat even a backup quarterback that they feel they can win games with. I guarantee you the Jets don't feel confident about Trevor Simeon at all. At least the Raiders felt confident to put out a rookie in there, in yeah. the fire at the bare minimum. And it was it good? No, but I admire them for putting in a rookie over a thirty year old Brian Hoyer. Who doesn't have much left in the tank anyway? Yep. So it's like when you look at that whole situation, you're exactly right, Rob. Like that. Like what? You know, what else can you say at this point? Like I, I'm getting exhausted just from talking about Zach Wilson. Like, let alone watching him play. I hate watching him play. I don't think I've ever had a player. You know, like we have we have our you know funny kind of playful hatreds of watching yeah. a player play. Zach Wilson's fucking different. It's just yeah. not – it doesn't feel like football. It feels like he's playing a different game. Yeah. And it annoys the living hell out of me because he just doesn't understand the fundamentals of football. Yeah. And, he, and it's pretty clear when you watch him play. So it's like you – know, like this is a quarterback. Like everybody's going to be like, oh, well, you know, and, you know, Woody Johnson was, was enamored about his arm strength because of the one throw he makes, you know, what was that? In a Combine pro day. Pro day. So like, you know that that's just ridiculous that you can just look at one throw from a quarterback. And be like, yep, that's the guy we want. Like, there, I don't care if he's if he looks like Jesus Christ himself in his pro day. Like, you know, it's you have to evaluate the whole picture. Like, there were still better options than him, uh, probably in the league. If you looked around that year, there's probably better options in terms of drafting a quarterback. Um. Zach Wilson, I I said it when he came out of BYU, he wasn't good. He wasn't accurate as much as people want to say. Oh, like, well, he can make a lot of throws. Yeah, but look at how the receivers are catching balls. They were they were all over the place. Just 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 like Justin Fields, I said bust to both of them. And listen, it's it's early for Justin Fields yet, but Zach, Zach Wilson, Wilson, it's it's done. It's We've done. seen this for four years. It's fucking done. It's, it's done. done. I've seen like, enough. It's done. Like, it's it's so bad. It's like, you know, uh, you, you don't want to hate the, you know, we don't hate the guy personally, but in terms of a football player, he's terrible. 
He's in terrible. Terms of football player, I just can't. Like this was on the Sunday Night Football schedule, and the only thing I can think about is seeing Taylor Swift. I just don't like watching the Jets play football. It's I don't fun. like and, it. And look, the game is a tie game right now. Yeah, but there's a reason why we're doing the pod right now during the game. Because we don't yeah, want to finish the nighttime at the damn Jets. Yeah. Even if they win, because... we don't care. It doesn't change their trajectory for the next 16 weeks. Yeah. It doesn't change anything. It's it's just like... And it's even worse because, like I said, I live. You know, everybody knows this by now. I live in the area, so I get I have to hear about it every single day. I'm tired of talking Jets football. Like Giants, okay, because the Giants are the bigger team in this area. You know, Giants are we we know what they are. And I listen. I revel in their misery because I'm in the, I'm an NFC East guy. I'm an Eagles fan, so you know I'm fine talking about how much the Giants are terrible and how much they suck. But uh, when it comes to Jets, I'm like, bro, no one cares. The Jets are poverty. They've been poverty since they won the Super Bowl, Super Bowl three. So I could not care less. I couldn't care less, even if I tried to care less about. about I don't even know if that makes sense. I'm so pissed about talking about the Jets. I I don't care about Zach Wilson. I don't care about the Jets. I don't care about how they play. I don't care if they win this game. It doesn't change the fact that they are a horrible football team, and they have no sense of direction. Period. Uh, number four is the New York Football Giants. Uh, that's fair. New York I, sports is misery. It, it's just like, it's Daniel. It, I, I, I'm not going to harp on the Jets. It's Daniel Jones. We'll see it tomorrow night. Just just watch tomorrow night. Like, it might be a close game, yeah, but, like, there's still going to be issues. We've talked about the Jets enough. Number five for me is the Bengals for all the stuff that we discussed. Um, Bengals freak me out. And that is why I, I, I proposed this segment. And that's why we did it off the cuff. Because the reason mm-hmm. why we're doing this segment is the Bengals. I just... I watched that today against the Titans and I went, wow, they don't have a secondary. Wow. Joe Burrow doesn't look like he can get the ball out for his life because he's hurt. Like, ugh. And, they're just, and the worst part is they're going to run Joe Burrow into the ground until he, until he just collapses. Yep. Here's teams that won't make the cut for me that might have, well, I think some of them made the cut for you, some of them didn't. Arizona Cardinals don't make the cut for me. I really like watching them play. Uh, let's see. Uh, let's see what else. Raiders don't make the cut for me. I know what I see for them every week. Yep. It's just Devontae Adams. The reason why they don't make the cut in terms of a bad team is that they're not necessarily unwatchable. I just know exactly, yeah. in week That's one, it. in week one, I literally said, I know exactly what they are. We know exactly what they are. We can skip them the whole year. Yeah. They're so skippable. It's insane. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, Patriots don't make the cut for me. I like their defense. I think, yeah. I think Mac Jones has the potential to get back to where he was as a rookie. Cause I saw a franchise quarterback with him as a rookie. But Bill O'Brien, Patricia, these offenses are so simplistic. It doesn't benefit him. He doesn't have receivers anywhere. It doesn't seem like he has support from Belichick either. It's just a mess, and I wish he was in a better place because I still believe in his potential. I don't think we can ignore his rookie year completely. Yeah. Um, Fair. It's fair. And then 
Let's see. Unwatchable teams. Oh, man. What's a just unwatchable list? Steelers are on the unwatchable list. Vikings. Vikings are on the unwatchable list. Uh, Titans are on the unwatchable yeah. list. Yeah. The whole AFC South. Well, not except for the Texans. Uh, No, I like watching the Colts because I love Anthony Richardson. Yeah. I like watching yeah, the Jags. Yeah, I'm still not sold. Well, no, the Jags to me are start are they're getting into un. They're well, yeah, that's true. Well, for for see, for years they were unwatchable, but I think for me, the Jags are becoming unwatchable. I mean, they won today, but they're just not winning pretty. So, I think that's gonna change in November. I have confidence that give it another month. I hope it's just rust. Yeah. Yeah, Texans. I love watching CJ Stroud. That's it. Um, yeah. So there we go. Two rookie quarterbacks in that division. I flipping love watching. Um, and then the Falcons. The Falcons are unwatchable. Yeah, the Falcons are not even. They're a bit higher than unwatchable for me. Desmond Ritter, I'm done. I can't take it anymore. And yeah, I, I'm so and sad. I, and I can't. By the way, and also, I'm I'm not saying this from a fantasy perspective. I'm not okay. The only Falcons player I have on any of my rosters is Bijan Robinson. Okay, he's the only one. He's the only one worth having. Why the hell are you not getting the ball to Drake London? Why the hell are you not getting the ball to Kyle Pitts? These are two dynamic playmakers, and instead of just haymakering it to them down the field, how about get them in open space, please, Arthur Smith? For God's sakes. For God's sakes. Like, watching that London game this morning in the Toy Story broadcast, hell, even the Toy Story broadcast explained that better than you would even imagine. It's just gross. Um, also, you Toy do. Story broadcast being two plays behind really annoyed me. I like it. I like the broadcast. Well, remember, I they have to animate to, it. Right. They have to animate it. I think for for a first try, for the first time I've ever done that, props. Good job. But I still think it needs to be improved. I still you, think uh, there's a lot more that can be improved with that broadcast. Dude, do you know, you know who is becoming unwatchable for me? Who? It's actually easy. The Saints. Yeah, honestly, you know, you know where the Saints are for me. Well, they're in the ignorable category. Mm, interesting. I my my ignorable category is the Saints, the Buccaneers, and the Raiders. Yeah, that's my ignorable category. Is that a is that what do you think about that? That's fair, because we just we just we know what they are, and it's not going to change. Yeah. So, that's fair. Yeah. Let's talk about the Dolphins Super Bowl chances. After Ooh. today, are you scared about their Super Bowl chances? Are they lower in your Super Bowl bracket after or Super Bowl bubble after today? Does that defense concern you that much that you would take them out of the contendership? Absolutely. Defense, well, I just said before, defense wins championships. You have no defense, you have no championship. So, to me, you know, this this is already in four games. What? This is the second time they've they've gotten forty plus put on their head. So yeah. well, no, well, no Chargers put up thirty four, um, but still that's still a lot. Anything over thirty is a lot on the defense. Um, yeah, I mean, like look at it this way too. The only convincing game that they've had is the uh, Broncos game, and that's because the Broncos are terrible. Other than that, they've struggled in every single game. They got blown out today. They were back and forth with the Chargers because they had no defense. In a game, you can argue the Chargers should have won. And then they struggled against the Patriots. 
in Foxborough. That's a, once again, like, uh, they can't get out of their own division. The, to me, this is why I said this too. I still like the Dolphins in terms of being a playoff team, but they are. I think after this week, it's 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 too early yet. I'm not going to rule them out, but they in terms of like you know if you, if it was like like a a golf tournament and I had to you know put one guy higher, one guy lower, you know one guy's getting better, one guy's getting colder. Miami's now out of my top three. So, I think it's fair. I think I think the only consistent contender we've seen through four weeks is the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah, That's in terms it. of the whole That's in terms it. of the whole in terms of the whole NFL, it's them and then everybody else. Right now, it absolutely is. Yeah, and it, it, that pains me to say it as an Eagles fan, but my God, it's it's the truth. Um, you know, there's there's only what it's only them and the Eagles left as undefeated, right? And so, I don't think the Eagles are in the same class as them right now. Yeah, which is fair. It's fair. Let's talk about your Eagles. Same crap as always. Nothing changed today. Yeah, I I I got to take a deep breath because that game, most Eagles games, take ten years off my life. That took a hundred. Why because, did it take so much? See, I, we said throughout the week, you know. Eagles Washington was probably gonna be the game of the week, you know, in terms of the two teams, you know, being above five hundred. You know, one team was three and zero, one team was two and one coming into this game. We said that you know these games are are you know Washington Philly is always a slugfest. It's always a nasty game. It's always a, a high penalty kind of game, and this was no different today. But if you're the Eagles, you know damn well that you are trying to go back to a Super Bowl. And Washington is like the annoying little brother that's trying to nip at your heels, but they're not there yet. They can be, but they're not, you know, they're, they're trying to dethrone you as the NFC East, you know, Kings pretty much. And the, the way you handled that first half and then the way you handled the last two minutes of that fourth quarter, it's not just embarrassing. It's unacceptable for a team that's supposed to be a Super Bowl contender you know, I I have said it for four weeks now. They need to get this, both sides of the ball, get it together. Because one week, it's always one or the other. And most of the time, it's the defense rather than the offense. It it drives me crazy. What? And everybody's like, oh, I saw so many fans saying, oh, well, they scored, you know, with a minute 40 left, they scored a touchdown. The damn... Washington Commanders had one timeout left. You were already in field goal range, and it was second and four. Run the damn ball and end it. Because when you ran with, when you didn't run a lot today, and when you did run with DeAndre Swift, he was incredible like he usually is. They put in Kenny G to run the ball more than DeAndre Swift today. What the hell? What is the problem running the ball on second? They ran the ball first and 10 on that and and got six yards. I think think it it was with Swift. They had him back there on second and four. I'm like, okay, they're going to do the smart thing, run the ball. Oh, boy, was I wrong. They throw a deep bomb, 25-yard, about 25-yard TD to, to, to A.J. Brown, and you leave a minute 40 on the clock. And a timeout left. Why? 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 So AJ Brown can inflate his already massive ego because he we know he has one. I love AJ Brown, but he's got a he's got a TO sized ego. We know that. I don't know if it's TO sized, but it is pretty big. 
Yeah. Well, I watch it every week. I, I <laughs> believe me. I, I know that man's ego. Uh, oh, uh, I for, I forgot to mention something important that I just saw on the NBC broadcast. Yeah, go ahead. Um, you do you know what the Thursday night football game is this week? Uh, uh, no, actually, I don't. It's Bears Commanders. Oh, oh. No, no, thank you. I, I would rather. I say it every week. I'd rather drink bleach. It's that's, ba- that's it's Bears Commanders. That's oh, what we're doing on Thursday. My God, I'm not watching it. I don't care. I'll be at work. I'm not watching it. I'm not watching it. I don't care. I'm not watching it. That's terrible. Uh, you, you, you literally. Oh my. And I, and I, I didn't think that Bears Broncos could get could could be topped. That might top it. That's a national TV game. Um, all right, continue, oh, continue. So one forty on the clock, the Commanders get the ball back, yeah. and then everybody's celebrating like the game is over. Even people that are in my own group chat that have a bunch of Eagles fans, I, I love those guys. They're funny, they're cool. But even they were celebrating like the game's over. I'm like, do you realize they should have just ran the clock out? This game should be over. And like, yeah, we scored a touchdown. Okay, and because now AJ Brown has a dumb taunting penalty, which we'll get to that in a second. But okay, taunting penalty aside. You give them the ball back. Great field position. And I have this problem every week with the Eagles defense. Why are you playing soft zone coverage on third and short every single drive? What we realized today, too, is that they're basically playing a Madden equivalent of a soft squat zone, which is nothing but cover one inch of the boundary. It's 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 pathetic. It's pathetic. They were lucky they won because they made no adjustments from the first half to the second half defensively. There was Again, no by the way. Again, four weeks of some of the same thing with your Eagles. And and to make matters worse, that game could have even been put away a lot earlier in the game when the Eagles were up. Uh, what was it twenty-one to seventeen? Mm-hmm. You ran. You run a quarterback draw on second and ten in the red zone. They ran really? one on third and seven, and then they ran another bubble screen. They ran also a bubble screen later in overtime <sighs> in third and seven too. That that it, and you know what's crazy? Despite all that, and and then uh, you know, listen. I know the Eagles have injuries in secondary. Avante Max being out hurt, and that's why Josh Job got got just stood there and watched Jahan Dotson catch that game tying touchdown. I literally called it too. As I was watching the game, I called it, uh, you know, and I even said it to you as we were on the phone, Rob. So, Rob, you're my witness here. That I was like, yep, I I would not be surprised if we give up this touchdown. Yes, we're on phone calls during the Eagles games because this shit I, gets crazy. I, I wouldn't be surprised. And he heard me screaming the entire time. If, if I can see these problems from a mile away, why can't coordinators who get paid millions of dollars, why can't they see it? If I can see it, why can't they? Give me the damn clipboard. I'll do it. Give Taylor Swift the keyboard. She might be better at it. Or the clipboard. God, I, I can't. I can't anymore. Oh, keyboard's funny because she's a musician. Uh, But it's it's the same problem. And then in overtime, okay, you know, you're, 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 you're lucky that, you know, that you got the, the catch reversed. I mean, well, it wasn't reversed. It was, it was the, the call stood. But... You know, if that was a catch, I guarantee we lose that game. I guarantee Washington goes down and scores. Uh, even though, even though we get the ball back after that with the new rules, but I guarantee we would not have scored a touchdown. Um, you know, you've got those problems that persist. Like this game should never went to overtime. Never went to overtime. All you know, it should have never been as as close as it was. Especially when Philly came back, 
you should have kept your foot on the gas and then just absolutely beat the crap out of them in the second in the fourth quarter. They didn't do that. Uh even when they had chances to. Um and it's crazy because despite the slow start from Jalen Hurts, he had a great game today. He had a great game. He yeah, had his assist today was pretty damn good. He had he had over three hundred yards. He had three hundred almost three hundred and twenty yards passing. He had another, I believe, 25, 30 rushing. Uh, and then he had um two touchdowns, both AJ Brown, but two touchdowns. Uh he also had uh sixty-seven and a half percent completion percentage, which is about where he is on the year. It's about where he was last year. That's you always want an elite quarterback to be around sixty-five to seventy percent, so he's in that range. Uh he did what he had to do today. And he didn't take any big hits. So with all that, you know, he had a great game. But even he said it in the post game. He lit he basically called out Brian Johnson without without calling him out. He said, and I'm sure Brian Johnson can handle it because they've known each other for so long. He said, he's like, you can even see when Pam Oliver started even asking him a question about about the offense and, and about the game. One of the first things he said was, Well, he's like, Okay, we'll take the W, but the red zone's gotta be better. No, no duh. Tell tell your OC tell your OC who you've known since four years old. Tell him to stop running quarterback draws on, on second and ten. On, on second stop and ten it. and third and seven. It's so stupid. And then and then you wonder why you can't score. Like is Jalen Hurts mentioning this to him or 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 is it just like It's like this is the like, offense I'm just gonna run in. I don't know, dude. It's annoying. Like, like like if Jalen Hurts can see the problems, don't you think in four weeks you would tell your you would tell the guy you've known since you were a baby about it? You would bring up the issue to him and be like, "Hey, this ain't working. Fix it." No, like, like why hasn't it been? And then the worst part is, it's not like you've played four consecutive Sundays. You had it, basically a glorified bye week in between week two and three. Why wasn't it fixed then? Why wasn't it fixed then? ridiculous it's ridiculous and it's the same thing every week listen everyone's like oh just be happy we're 4-0 i don't want to be 4-0 i i, well, I want to be 4-0 but i want a super bowl i want to see a con- super bowl contending team you want to see that what the niners week. are doing in 4-0 right now not what the yeah. eagles are doing at 4-0 i want the niners 4-0 right now i don't want the eagles 4-0 but you know what this is classic but then again also this is classic eagles football you give me a heart attack every single week and it doesn't change like, I'm getting so fed up with saying this. I'm getting red in the face every week saying the same thing. I don't know how much longer I can keep saying it. Like, when is it going do to you click? Think, do you think you can survive until Christmas with this? Nope. No. no. I would. I, Rob, I'll be, I will be. won't make Halloween with this. <laughs> We're the 30 days until Halloween. Exactly. You're not going ma- to make it till the end of the World Series? Is that what you're telling me? God, I well how, how bad the Yankees are. I have another reason to to want. To, I, I don't even drink. I have another reason to drink. The Yankees suck. The Eagles are four zero, but it's not pretty. I the only thing giving me and listen and now with the NBA, I'm a Nets fan. That you know, God knows how much misery that that and how much pain that brings me every year because they haven't won an NBA championship ever. Uh, and now the East just gets just gets harder and harder and harder, and they they've done nothing to help themselves. Uh, the only thing I have to look forward to is the Devils. And right now, in terms of preseason, they're, they're, they look like a contending team already in preseason. They're showing why they were second in the Metro last year. And my, but, my Canucks are losing 10 to nothing to the fucking, uh, to the fucking Calgary Flames. But like, but, like if, but, like, if the Eagles don't straighten these problems out, then 
of course, I'll watch the Devils. But if the Eagles don't straighten these problems out, I, I, I'm going to be hanging by a thread. You're not it's even. Like, you're telling me you're not going to make it to Halloween. Like, like you, you think I'm getting pissed now on the pod? Wait till I get to Halloween if this stuff it doesn't get fixed. Just wait till Halloween. You, you, you will see how angry I get at my Eagles because look at the next few games, right? Let's see. This, who are this, you guys playing on Halloween? Let's just look at this. Um, around ho- around Halloween, we have a rematch with the Commanders. Oh shit! And that yeah. So, and then here's oh, the thing. Oh shit! Your next four games, well, three of them, three of them should definitely be wins. You should beat the living crap out of the Rams. Matt Stafford is a statue. You should beat he also the hell has out a of him. Hurt hip right now, and his arm's not great. Yeah. So that that game, I don't want to see a 34-30 score. I want to see a 42 to six kind of score. I want to see you completely break that team's spirit uh, against the Jets. Jets have a great defense, but there's no Aaron Rodgers. You think Zach Wilson's going to throw the ball against Darius Slay and James Bradbury? Get real. Um, and they weren't even great today, but the Jets have, what, one good receiver, and it's Garrett Wilson. You stop him, they have no offense. Yep. Um, so that should be a win. And then here, here's your big test. Here's your, I think this is the, where the Kelly Green game comes in. Dolphins-Eagles. Sunday, prime Sunday time. night football, baby. Prime time, you're gonna have to guard Jalen Waddle, Tyreek Hill. Not just speed. Like the Commanders have speed, and that killed the Eagles today. These guys have speed and hands, and they're the best duo in the NFL right now. And they were the best duo last year. So, and on top of that, you have an MVP contending quarterback coming in there. This isn't this isn't Matt Stafford. This isn't Sam Howell. This isn't Kirk Cousins. This isn't Baker Mayfield. It's not Mac Jones. It's none of that. That is Tua Tagovailoa. You need to be better. It shouldn't be this hard. So when you play the Dolphins, if you are still running the sit, this is why I said I won't. I won't make it to 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 Halloween. Uh, Halloween. This is why, because if they don't straighten that out, if they look like crap against them against the Dolphins. Then I know exactly where this team stands for the rest of the season. If that game is not at least, listen, they could they could be they could be undefeated coming into that game. If they lose it, of course I'll be upset. But show me, show me that you can at least compete with the big dogs, because you haven't shown me anything in four weeks. So if you can show me against the Dolphins that you can be competitive, and listen, the Dolphins don't have a good defense. So AJ Brown should be open. Devontae Smith should be open. Dallas Goddard should be open. And and Swift and the running game should explode. There is no reason why you shouldn't score 35 plus points on that Miami defense. That's terrible right now. There's no reason for it. There's none. There is no reason for it. So if you don't come prepared for that Dolphins game, that is a big, big, big problem early in the season for this Eagles team. Uh, so, uh, since this is the Chargers podcast, uh, let's complain about the Chargers really quick. Oh, um, boy. look, that game was pointless. You're playing a fourth round quarterback who got absolutely smacked by Khalil Mack. We finally saw the defensive line do something more outside of Joey Bosa. But, uh, you do realize the game was what? 24 to 17 in the fourth quarter. Yeah. They almost blew the lead again. Against the most pointless matchup on planet Earth. Tell me, tell me, Chargers fans, how do you feel right now? Do you feel confident in this team the rest of the way? Brandon, do you feel confident in this team that we're covering to do? I'm a Chargers fan. If I'm a Chargers fan, I absolutely wouldn't. Like, I, I, look, there's nothing to write home about this game. 
the 425 is this the worst 425 slate we've ever seen it might be I, it, it like, was awful it was on while i didn't watch any of the games i just kept i watched it locked. i watched 10 minutes of it at, at i just most. kept I just kept it locked on uh, on Dallas and the Patriots because that was the game that came on after Eagles Commander. So I just I didn't even bother paying attention to it. And once I saw that it was like, you know, once Dallas was up like what seventeen three, I was like, yeah, it's over. The so, final score of Chargers Raiders. Keep in mind, Khalil Mack with six sacks. Okay, six sacks. Herbert had three touchdowns, wearing a splint on his non-throwing hand. And O'Con- what was O'Connell's stats? O'Connell finished with. 24 of 39, one, t- one interception. 24 of 39, 238, one pick. Overall Good had God. seven sacks for 50 yards. And the final score was 24 to 17. Ugh. 24 to 17. And you're telling me we're not concerned about watching this team in the fourth quarter the rest of the season. God damn it. So stupid. Doesn't, doesn't get any better either. Yeah, you know what doesn't get any better? Seahawks Giants. Any any thoughts for that? <laughs> oh my! If the Seahawks honestly, Seahawks should win that game by two or three scores. There's no the reason. The line why they moved up to Seattle minus one and a half. It moved wow. up by half a point. Wow. The Seahawks are to me and I are not in the same category as the Giants. I know. What what the hell is that line? I had. That was the same thing I was talking about with, with 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 the Eagles game. How was that Eagles game negative minus nine? Do you want Do you want to guess Eagles Rams next week? The early early line. Uh, right now. Yeah. I I would say. I would say uh, Eagles minus five. Perfect. Dead on. Good work. Hey. Finally got it. Yeah, I was gonna say either minus four, or minus six. I'm like, no, nah. I'm like minus four seems too low, and minus six seems too high. I'm like, yeah, minus five. What this tells me after looking at this line intently is that Vegas just thinks this is gonna be a one score game. Vegas thinks this is gonna be a slog fest, and I I'd be shocked if it is. From what we've I mean, seen comparatively for both of these teams, and Jamal Adams is back. Yeah. But to me, to me, I I know. I mean, listen, I haven't seen a lot of Jamal Adams in years. He hasn't. But... He hasn't played for a year and four weeks. We literally yeah. don't know what he's gonna bring right now. Yeah, we don't know what he is. He's only getting older, and I mean, even before he got hurt, he was kind of washed up anyway. So, you know, it, it is what it is. Um, God, I just I can't with. I just can't. With with the uh, with that Seahawks Giants that line being so low that doesn't make sense to me. I think earlier in the week it was Giants minus one or two. So it got that doesn't moved. make. But compared to how the offenses are, how the hell is it not like Seahawks minus three or four? How the hell is it not Seahawks minus five? At the bare minimum. Yeah, fair enough. I love how the main thing we're thinking about with that game is the line. Not the actual game. Because we think the game's going to be so boring. And, like, what's crazy is that line to me still is not, um, is not, like, is, even if it was minus six, to me, it wouldn't be accurate. That The Seahawks should win that game by two scores. The Giants can't stop DK Metcalf. They can't stop Tyler Lockett. They're not going to stop Kenneth Walker. They're not going to stop 
Geno Smith, a, a running quarterback. I mean, they have one themselves, but they're not going to stop him. So I, I don't get where they're seeing uh, basically almost a pick game. Where do you see that? Uh, really quick before we go. So it's 23-20 um, Chiefs right now. Um, you know, with 10 minutes, with 11 minutes left in the fourth quarter, just to keep you updated on the game and kind of where we're at as we're recording. So next Thursday's Bears Commanders, or I guess this Thursday, and then the Perfect. Thursday after that is Broncos Chiefs. My God, NFL! Why? 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 That's what we're dealing with the next two Thursdays. I I I don't I don't understand. I can't wait till they start flexing some games. I can't wait. They don't flex. They till... don't flex Thursday yet. I know, but I can't wait till till they just start flexing. You know, once they realize, yeah, these these teams are all crap. Oh my god! And then I guarantee, what's funny? I guarantee, once Mahomes blows them out next week, I guarantee people will be like, "She's a Super Bowl contenders." In oh two weeks no! At this point, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, you know what I mean. But yeah, yeah to me, they're 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 not. You know, not right now they're not. Um, they're in a dogfight with the Jets. Not enough said. I've said it, said that to start the show. Um, but they're, they're in a dogfight with the Jets, and I'll be honest, we're recording the pod because we just can't deal with watching the Jets. This this game, no matter how it ends, only changes our opinion on the Chiefs. It doesn't change our opinion on the Jets at all. Yeah, it just doesn't. Yeah, because you know any any team can get can get lucky against against you know and I've, like I said I I said before we started the show. As an Eagles fan, I've seen Andy Reid blow many games like this. Trap games. Games where, where you think your team should beat them by t- three scores. And it doesn't happen because that's Andy Reid football. Um, You know, like, listen, I know he has his Super Bowls with the Chiefs. I know he's going to be both in the Philly Hall of Fame and the Kansas City Hall of Fame. And the but, actual Hall. But they're, they, yeah, in the actual Hall. But there's still, there are still plenty of games where I'm like, that's the Andy Reid I remember in Philadelphia. Constant choking. Um, I mean, granted, he isn't at the level. The only reason why Andy Reid, technically, well, actually, it's true. I know Andy's a good coach, but the only reason he has two Super Bowls is because of, his, of the talent that team has. That's it. If Andy Reid had the same level of talent in KC as he did in Philadelphia, he'd still be super. He'd still be ringless. So, you know, it it is what it is. I don't, I don't, I don't. I'm not ashamed to hold that take because that's a hot that's take. Me. But damn, yeah. I mean, but look at how many talented players they have on that team, and they have a they have a generational cornerback, quarterback, which they never had in Philly. Like Don McNabb, I, I said this before, and Eagles fans want to always rake me over the coals for it, but Don McNabb not was not a good. Well, I shouldn't say good. Don McNabb was is not a Hall of Fame quarterback. People want to put him in the actual, not the Eagles Hall because he's already in. They want to put him in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. He's not a Pro Pro Football Hall of Fame. Donovan McNabb in the Pro Football Hall of Fame? No way. Yep. Nope. Yep, and I've seen it. I've seen the cases. I'm like, bro, I'm like, no, no. Don McNabb's not a pro football Hall of Famer, you know. Also, Don McNabb, I don't get why Eagles fans have so much love for him. Listen, I get he didn't have a lot to work with, but even with – he had T.O. in the Super Bowl. T.O. played on a broken leg, had his best game, but he still had T.O. in the Super Bowl doing that, and McNabb still had an awful game, and he still threw up on the field, and he still – was a was a, a pretty much a nasty drunk. We should do the rewatchables on that game just so we could. Jeez. Um, 
All it's right. a lot easier. It's a lot easier when, when you when you realize you have a Super Bowl now. It's a lot easier to, to rewatch a game like that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I guess we're going to save a place beyond the pines for later on in the week. Uh, but uh, do you want to talk about the M- the NBA trades? Yeah, we can because that's, that's been ruling the sports world this week. Yeah, so Drew Holiday goes to Boston and Damian Lillard goes to Milwaukee. Um, I think we all can say that Milwaukee is a bona fide contender, but where does Boston sit? They lost a bunch of depth with this trade, but they have a proper point guard next to Tatum and Brown. Does it help them or hurt them that they lost the depth? A problem. The problem with, see, I mean, the Celtics are always going to be a, a top four team in the East. That That's never going to change because the East is kind of just, it's kind of like the NFC. It's wide open. Um, But the problem that I have, you know, it's like, let's look in the playoffs. Like, you know, you have, uh, you know, a pretty much a, a pretty solid, pretty good roster, a team that should be contending for championships, except you constantly choke in the playoffs. Like, I've, I've, you know, Boston sports is not used to choking in the playoffs. They have the Bruins and they have the Patriots and they have the Red Sox who have won multiple championships in the past 20 years. So they're not used to choking. The problem is, is that the Celtics team who had a lot of championships, you know, way back when they still, they still had the one in 08. And that's fair, but at the same time, other than that, that team's done nothing. They've done nothing. They're, they, they've, they've, they're playoff underachievers. Uh, I mean, Drew Holiday helps. He was great with the Bucks. Um, but I don't know what the Celtics can do at this point to win a championship. Just because, like, when I look at the Celtics, I'm just like, uh, they, they just, like. I don't know what to make of them because it's like, oh, we're, we like we know Jason Tatum's gonna go off because Jason Tatum, you know, we know that they're gonna have decent games, you know, from a guy like you know, like Drew Holiday can put up points, he can do that, you know, from what I've seen, solid defensively, you know, he's still, you know, you have, you have an older Al Horford, I know, I know Boston fans have their mixed things about him, they they have Kristaps Porzingis, uh, and that's where my Dar- problem is, Brandon. My problem is you don't have any depth anymore. You got rid of most of your depth. You're going to have to trust on Sam Hauser and O'Shane Brissett and Lamar Stevens to play good backup minutes. Peyton Pritchard as well. If I, yeah. I don't believe he was in the trade. Derek White yeah. comes off the bench. That's good. But you have Christoph Porzingis has a plantar fasciitis issue and Al Horford is 37 and doesn't play all the games. Is that team going to be healthy enough for a strong playoff run? That's my overall question. I, I can't see it. I, and I, I honestly don't think so. I mean, you know, Jason Tam's gonna be there regardless. But the rest of them, how healthy? Not. How healthy do you think we think this team's gonna be coming April? Hell, how healthy do we think this team's gonna be coming Christmas? I don't it's, feel it, good about that. I mean, I give it like in terms of like if I had overall health, I think they'll be like at at seventy percent. That's generous. Yeah, I would say sixty or seventy. And look, with Milwaukee's side, I don't think there's much to say. This trade is beautiful. Having yeah. Giannis yep. and having Giannis and Lillard together on the floor is going to be so sick. Now, I am worried like, about Giannis's knees. Don't get me wrong, but they're going to make sure those two, who, they're going to be ready for the playoffs. That's all they care about. Like, and that's totally fine. Look at, look at, you know, at how kind of, I mean, 
they they lost a little bit of depth, but but look at what they gained. They 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 have oh Shane, Shane is here. Uh, oh my God, Shane! So I'm here. They have so they have Giannis, obviously. Uh, you know Pat Connaughton, who who I've seen him play. You know enough. I know he can. He's he can take over games kind of silently. I mean he's every time I see him play the Nets, he kills the Nets. Um. You know, Jay Crowder is still somewhat decent in my eyes. Uh, Damian Lillard's obviously, you know, it's Dame time. You know, having like, uh, can you imagine the lobs that Dame's gonna throw to Giannis? Like, j- just the amount of the, the connection that they're going to have. And now Dame finally has superstars to play with, and then that's not even counting. Like, look at Brook Lopez. Brook Lopez is as consistent as he's ever been, and Brook Lopez was the guy in New Jersey, and yes. New Jersey. Sorry, Brooklyn Net Brooklyn fans. That's New Jersey. That's New Jersey Nets. <laughs> they will always be New Jersey. I don't care how much, how long they've been in Brooklyn. I don't care they've been there for a decade because they I know they have. And I love I still I'm still a Nets fan, but that's New Jersey's team. Most of their fans are from New Jersey. So everybody from here remembers how good Brook Lopez was for this team. He's the franchise's all time leading scorer. Um You know, and his brother there too with him. Robin's there with him. Uh they still have Chris Middleton. We know how we know we know what he can do, you know, three Three and D kind of guy, uh, Bobby Portis. Uh, Bobby Portis is a, basically just your basically your enforcer, um, but he gets an under the skin of a lot of players. So I mean, they, they, you know, if you look around that team, they do have they still have some you know nice depth pieces, and then their just their main starters are really damn good. So that's a team that I mean, if they don't finish first in the East, I'd be shocked. Uh, Shane, I'm going to give you our question of the day. Um, I'll be right back in one moment, but I'm going to give you a question of the day and you and Brandon can discuss it really quickly. Um, give me your top five worst. Yes. Worst NFL teams. Number one is the worst up to five being like semi. Okay. Um, so one worst, is the like worst. this, this week or the season the so far month, the whole? through the first month of the okay. season. All right, go ahead, and I'll be right back in a second. Okay. Mm, well, yeah, a lot of good choices here. Uh, <laughs> it's it's fun. <laughs> uh, do you have a list? I had my list. Rob had his. Our first two teams are the exact same. Okay. Yeah. Um. Okay, let me think about this first. Like, I know in general who is going to be there. Um, just don't, just don't know what order I want to put. Them yeah, Rob, in. Rob, Rob, maybe maybe put them in order. So I had to put them in order. But my one and right. my one and two, my one and two for top two worst was was the same as his. I think okay. Number one, I think I'll go. Well, I one and two are Chicago and Denver. I, I don't know yeah. if yep, yep. Yeah, I think you can't debate that. That's just obvious. I think Chicago is probably one because yep. I mean, they fumbled the bag today. Uh, um, but Denver's defense, man, is atrocious. I don't yeah. know what happened after just. I mean, just last season they were a top five, maybe top three defense in the league. Now they're. Now they're uh, like probably the worst. <laughs> um, yeah, fair. Then, uh, oh, 
see. My 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 three and four surprised him. Okay. Our our five our fives our fives were the same, but my three and my three and four his three and four were drastically different. Number three, I'm probably gonna go to the Giants. Okay. I That's know fair. they I know they beat the Cardinals, but it's the Cardinals. Um, you know, other than that, they haven't really shown anything yet. Now, they might look great against Seattle tomorrow, and then I'll look like an idiot, but as of right now, <laughs> um, yeah, uh, let's see. So you put, you put, uh, so you have Chicago, Denver, Giants, Cardinals right now for four? For four? Um, or did you start? Four? Well, no, well, I, did you put, well, yeah. No. Um, this is tough. That's where we struggled too. We said after like three got really hard. First, yeah. Cause, okay. Here's what I, oh, well, here are the teams I'm considering for four and five um, New England, yeah. Vegas, yeah, uh, Carolina, yeah. Arizona. Yep. And I can't believe I'm saying this, but Cincinnati. And that yep. is why we're doing this segment. <laughs> yeah, man. I. So what? You have three so far, right? I think. I think I'm gonna say. Yeah, I think I'm gonna say New England four, Cincinnati five. Fair. Um, okay, so why is since let's focus on Cincinnati? What what has gone wrong with Cincinnati this year compared to the past couple of years for you? It's a great question, Robert. Um, <laughs> and I wish I had an answer. It's it's bizarre. I mean, here's the thing: they started off, as we know, they had bad September's last two years, and they made conference championships both years, even made the Super Bowl one of them. So, you know, when they started off. Oh and two, I was like, yeah, they're not looking great, but I wasn't like super worried because I thought, okay, it's just, you know, dusting off the cobwebs, they'll be fine. But through the first four weeks, even though they won last week, they didn't look great. Um, and then this week, I mean, God, they just got railed. I, uh, I, I don't know what, I don't know what the problem is. I really, I mean. They they just look terrible on both sides of the ball, especially offense. They just look lost, and you know they don't know east from west. On on defense, I mean they're not great, but they're okay. Um, we talked about how them losing I, Jesse Bates was a bigger deal than we thought it was actually going to be. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, he was, because the thing is, he he was, I don't know if I talked about this on the show. I might have, but yeah, when they lost him, I was like, oh, God, because he, their secondary was already, you know, subpar at best. And I I felt like he was kind of the one thing that was keeping them together just by a thread. Well, that thread's gone now, so, you know good luck um 
I mean, luckily their front seven is okay. I mean, you know, they're not amazing, but, um, but, uh, yeah, I, you know, the offensive line is, um, even though they've upgraded it every year, it's still not great. Um, you know, and he hasn't been sacked as much as he has in previous years, but I think it's because he's just being so cautious because of his calf injury. And, um, you know, it's all the things that they can do with, like, Jamar Chase and T. Higgins going deep, they just feel like that's been limited because Joe Burrow hasn't had time and he hasn't really been able to run out of the pocket much and, um, you know make plays that way so it's just i think to you guys point you know the loss of jesse bates is like you know the nail in the coffin for (laughs) that secondary um but also and you know you guys uh, mentioned this uh, a couple weeks ago after they went on two i think it was brandon you said you know without joe burrow this offense doesn't work and yeah yeah that is that is accurate even even with joe burrow but you know impaired a little bit uh it's just it's yeah it's a disaster um and you know this is why uh two years ago or yeah when they drafted jamar chase and you know and Jamar Chase, great player. Don't get me wrong. I, I, you know, I'm not denying that. But I told Robert on the show, I was like, this is, I, I feel like, I mean, yeah, it's he's a great player. He's a great receiver. And he's Joe Burrow's buddy. But I feel like this is going to come back to bite them because they, they already have two good receivers in T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd. Are they as good as Jamar? No, absolutely not. But they are still good. I mean, T. Higgins would probably be a one on at least half the teams in the NFL. Um, but what do they not have? Offensive line. Who was available when they were picking? Oh, I don't know. Panay Sewell, Rashawn Slater. Uh, you know, I mean, they're fine, I guess. <laughs> but... <sighs> sarcasm um but uh yeah so i mean it's, it's just like why it's like yeah we, we got jamar chase and he's this great deep threat okay well how are you gonna throw to him if your quarterback is on his back the entire game you know and i feel like we're starting to see that now now that burrow is not as uh quick and mobile as he normally is with this injury so you know, this is, um, I feel like this is just a disaster waiting to happen. <laughs> He's one more bad injury away from this season. Just, I mean, they're already doing bad, but he's, he's one bad calf injury away from one more this whole season away. derailing. One more aggravation or, yeah, away. Yeah, 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 from the whole season, their whole season being derailed, um, 
And that sounds extreme, but it's true. I mean, there's no denying it. So, yeah, it's, uh, I don't know, it's weird, but before now we, we do... get to look at uh, Baltimore or something winning the division. Oh, Jesus. Um, before we <laughs> do the movie post-credit scene, the place beyond the pines, I'm going to tell you, Shane, the next two Thursday night football games. You ready? Okay. The next two. Probably not. This one on Thursday. Yeah. Is Bears Commanders. Oh, God. Why, why do they got to give the worst <laughs> games to my my guys, Al Michaels and Kirk Herbstreet? And then week six is Broncos at Chiefs. Oh, oh Lord. <laughs> Who mean like that? That's what we said. It's going to be. That's, uh, you know, I'm okay. Here's the thing. I'm sitting here thinking, you know, it's going to be like a 40 to nothing slaughter. But considering how weird the season's been, uh, it's probably going to be like 20 to 17 Broncos or some stupid shit. Oh, especially no, with how, the, how the Chiefs are playing tonight. I wouldn't be surprised. I know. I don't know. Well, uh, anyways. Um, yeah, so. So there you Anyways, go. Anyways, um, yeah, that's that's depressing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the place beyond the pines. Shane, why did you pick this movie this week? Well, you know, Robert, this is another one of those movies that I have seen that not many other people have, and that's kind of why I like to pick those movies for this because it's like. I just want to hear what other people have to say about them. <clears throat> and, um, you know, I just always thought that this one was interesting because um, I I like it. I don't I don't think I love it, but I, I like it. Um, you know, it's, it's like a, it's a solid B for me. But the thing that I think is so interesting about it is the story structure. Because, uh, as always, spoilers, massive spoilers here. Um, if you haven't watched the movie, watch it and, and come back. To... Watch it and come back, yes. please. This yeah, one, please this leave, one, by the way, but thank this, you for listening. This one, more than any other one, if you haven't seen the film, watch it and come back and listen to it. Yeah. Because we are going yes. to yes. absolutely rail this thing in more ways than one, in good and bad. You yeah you you really can't discuss this movie without talking about spoilers. Um, okay, so anyways, now that that's out of the way, I think it's really interesting because it is it is not you know a linear story of okay uh, you know inciting in here's my ordinary world and then this call to action and okay now I'm going to go on this journey to do this and then climax and that's the end. This is a movie where a guy named Luke, played by Ryan Gosling, is um, and not the Ryan Gosling you're used to. He's like gross and tatted he's not, up. He's and... not Ken. He's he's, yeah, he's a, not he, Ken. He ain't Ken, baby. He's got he the is, blonde hair like him though. He does, but he's got tattoos. You can yeah. just smell the cigarette smoke on him. Um, I, yeah. I literally as I'm as I'm watching, I can smell it through the screen. That's how gross he looks. 
yeah yeah um anyway so he is a stunt motorcycle rider i guess you could call it you know like when you go to the state fair and there's motorcycle attractions he's one of those guys um and so he's in this town it's uh, schenectady schenectady new york um and he discovers that he uh, had a baby with a woman there like a year ago uh they just had a you know one night fling and then he continued on the road whatever but now he has this baby and he's like okay well i need to you know help out supply for my child but he's broke he has no money so of course he turns to robbing banks um because why wouldn't you uh, and um <laughs> and he escapes from these crime scenes on his bike uh because he's a great rider so he evades police and whatever else so anyway so i you know the first time i was watching this movie i was like okay you know crime drama whatever um, and then about 50 minutes into the movie, five zero, um, he dies. <laughs> and I was shocked because I thought, okay, this is going to be the main character and he's going to go on this whole journey through this movie of, you know, trying to not get caught and then all this, nothing like that ever happens. He just, he does a couple heist robberies, gets some money. And then he gets killed by a cop who chases him down. And I was like, whoa. So this guy who was being set up to be the main character, they're like, nah, sorry. Um, and now, then you spend the second third of this movie, the middle third, following this cop. And I was like, okay. You know, and it's kind of a different story. And you're like, why, you know... Why are we focusing on this guy? But then it goes ahead fifteen or sixteen years for the 15, third act. It's fifteen. It's fifteen. But yeah, is it fifteen? It's fifteen. Okay. It's fifteen. Um, and so, um, and now that officer, his uh, son, is going to the school, and he meets this. Uh, other kid who's kind of a loner and it turns out that it's the son of luke the uh, motorcycle bandit brian gosling and so you know these guys form this friendship and it's like oh you know it seems kind of nice and fun until you realize oh crap this is you know and he figures it out too it's like oh my friend's dad is the one who killed my dad and it's uh you know it's just it kind of comes full circle it's this whole generational story of how one guy's you know choices if you will resulted in this 15 year long story of other people suffering from his choices the consequences of it and um and even beyond that, I mean, you know, the, his, the, uh, Jason, the Luke's son, he was probably a fugitive from the law for the rest of his life. And then because he threatened to kill the, the cop dad, 
and you know it's just stuff that haunts you even if you had nothing to do with it because that does happen in real life not super often but it does um so i just you know i just thought that that sort of storytelling was interesting because you don't really see that where it's you know three very distinct different parts but it all is kind of a you know one story it it almost feels like three seasons of a tv series you know but it's just um but it's just in a two and a half hour movie uh so that's why i wanted to talk about it um i'll let you guys say your piece and then i'll jump in more after uh brandon go ahead give us your thoughts so i mean so i think rob i think you're gonna be right on with this about you know just like how the movie is split into, into three parts our our opinions of it will be split into three parts like you know so there's gonna be someone that loves it someone yeah. in the middle and someone that hates it that that's what uh, i was saying so we were talking about this in the group chat and i was thinking about this kind of heavily of like how's this conversation gonna go I think one of us is going to absolutely love it. I think one of us is going to absolutely hate it. And I think one of us is going to be right down the middle. And the reality is we're all right. Yep. None right. of us is wrong. It, it's yeah. Cause it's three. I mean, really it's three different stories. I mean, even just for me, like the first third with Ryan Gosling's character, love it. I was like, this is great. And then the last third, I was like, okay. I mean, you know, this is all right. But the middle third with, uh bradley cooper's character the cop i was like mm, you know it wasn't like that into it but um but anyways go ahead see for me it's it's tough because certain movies like this <clears throat> have to have to like i've seen plenty of movies that have this kind of like narrative structure where it's like three different parts or it's like telling a story from different perspectives all that different kind of stuff and but i'll say that this is why i'm in the love it category because I am, I like how they did this, where it didn't just give you three different perspectives. I mean, it did, but it it fit together. The only like, like for me, this is probably what? How many movies have we watched so far already? We've watched this what, three, is number, four. Is this four three, now? Four. Four. Yeah. Yeah. And Collateral, then, Whiplash, Mister Rogers, and this yeah, one. this is this four. Is number four. Yep. This, this is week, it's week four, so it makes sense. Yes. And as much as <laughs> as much as as much as I love Collateral, this is my favorite movie so far. Okay. Interesting. So, so we uh, should do a ranking of all the movies. We the will. We will. We will. Yeah. Oh, and, and by fun. the and by the way, Wild Card and Divisional Weekend, Brandon gets a pick, I get a pick. So I'm just uh-huh. adding yeah. that in for the two uh, playoff games. Uh, but continue, Brandon. Why is it your favorite yeah. one so far? I, because honestly, I'm usually not a fan of like crime drama movies and they're usually like predictable. This one to me, I mean, there was predictable moments, but it it wasn't as predictable as the ones I've seen in the past. I've seen plenty of crime dramas. I've seen plenty of tragic hero stories. Uh, That's what you can make this one out to be. That's why it's called Epic. The tragic heroes are involved in it. Um, But that's, uh, I just like it. It's. I don't know what draws me to it. I don't know if it's just how good the acting is because the acting is great. Um, and I don't know if it's because my God, just like what kept me involved with it. Not just the story being really good, 
just because every turn there was there was tension for me in this one like how whiplash you guys had said that there was tension everywhere this one felt like there was tension everywhere for me when i was watching i'm like you know like just when things were good every time just when things were getting great or like you know uh, so any one of the characters was hitting a real high point in their life it crashed immediately yeah so i like the fact that it was like it's i looked at that as a reflection of life in itself that no matter how great things are going in your life all it takes is one bad day so and that's basically what happened with basically each of these situations each of these three parts um and i like that and just the fact that it's a lot of i just i like the fact that you know like the the third act was the most predictable part that i saw that coming from a mile away but the acting yeah. was the acting was so good in it that that i didn't care and i was like i i know what's going to happen here because you can see it. But you're you almost can... not ready for it, though. You know? Yeah, but, but but you're still not ready for just... Like, you knew it was going to take a bad turn, but you didn't know how bad. Right. So, like, that's what I like about it. And it's like, you know, especially from, from you know, kids graduating high school. Like, you know, that that's that's just unexpected to go. I mean, not expected for them to take drugs and shit like that, but just you know, unexpected for the turn that it takes at the end. Um, And then, and then, and then what's crazy is after all the negative stuff in that movie, it ends on a happy ending. So a quote unquote happy ending, kind of, relatively. But but compared to what else was happening in the movie, it technically is. Um, Yeah. But it's just I I like it so much, just because, I mean I like Ryan Gosling as an actor. I don't didn't watch Barbie, but I like him in other movies he's done. Um, You should watch Barbie; it's excellent. (laughs) I know, I know people say that, but I just I I can't wrap my head around watching it, at least not right now. Um. And then I like everything that, um, everything that Bradley Cooper does. He's a great actor. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, so that's that's um, like I, I could watch anything he does. Like you know, I mean, he does a lot of cheerful movies, but he does a lot of you know movies like this. So anything he does, I'll watch. Um, you know, even Mendez, she's always been a great supporting actress. I feel like. And I'm not a fan of a lot of actresses, but you know, she's she, everything she's been in. I mean, I'm also partial to Fast and Furious fan. She was in two Fast and Furious. Um, but, um, I mean, to me, the I mean, Ray Liotta's in it. Ray Liotta had a, a, such a, had a small part, but it was a great part. Mahershala um, Ali. Yeah, Mahershala Ali. Um, I mean, you're, you're forgetting like... you're forgetting my MVP of this movie. Who is your? Who? Uh, oh, no, nah, now you got me thinking. Um, oh, damn. Dane DeHaan? He's our resident scroll. Oh, oh, um, yeah, uh, not Mads Mikkelsen. Um, Ben Mendelsohn. Ben Mendelsohn was yeah. like in this movie. Fair. That's fair. Um, freaking love him and everything he yeah, does. Yeah, that's, that's fair. Um, Sorry, spoilers for Marvel, but who cares? Everyone I just, it. yeah, but I just, God, like it's it's something where, uh, I don't know how to like I don't know how to go about it. It's it's something where it's just like I'm trying to like process it because I'm still, I'm trying to also recall 
like because remember three different parts so there's a lot of stuff taken from each part even though they were kind of you know equally spaced out somewhat um the middle the middle part was long though the the this perspective from bradley cooper's character um yeah but other than that i mean i also just the see what also makes the the stuff interesting is that you see there it's not just a movie about crime it's a movie about class struggle if if you actually notice that, oh, that's a good thought. Um, because look at how look, especially look at how the kids turned out. One kid is a spoiled, privileged, you know, son of a high-ranking official, pretty much, you know, a cop turned official. Uh, you know, living in a nice, lavish house, but he's a he's a you know he's got issues, but he has all these nice things. He's really spoiled, you know, a lot of you know silver spoon kind of stuff. And then you look at how uh how Jason turns up, you know, the kid is from a, you know, a more, a lot more modest living, small house, you know, kind of doesn't see, I mean, you know, he doesn't see eye to eye with, eye to eye with his parents often. He kind of, he loves them, but he, you know, he doesn't kind of, they, it's funny because they're, there's the two kids are similar in both ways because they're both a bunch of, you know, two wise asses more or less, but their <laughs> upbringings, their upbringings are different. Just like how the, the father's upbringings, were different so it's it's a very different and they both end up kind of coming like converging to these paths at the same time though so it's it's very interesting and one of the cool things that i like and one of the things that drew me and i couldn't stop thinking about it especially during the during the middle third was bradley cooper's character of avery you know you can see how much the guilt even though he knows he killed a bad guy the guilt just eats away at him. Every day right. it feels like every it, day. It, 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 and it and it and it it strained his marriage. It strained his relationship with his kid. It, but you know, at the same time, you know, it's like that's those you are things. Dive that, you know, deep like, into his work instead of the family yeah. aspect. Yeah. Yeah. Which you can kind of say, even though it's not much work for um for Ryan Gosling's character of Luke. He was diving deep into his own work, being a you know motorcycle rider, finding whatever work he could, you know, kind of even though he didn't know he had a family, he didn't, you know, did didn't want to be bothered at first. So, you know, that's that's kind of interesting to me. But it's just like I love how I love when they when he gets questioned in the hospital, and he and you can see where the guilt starts when he asks him. And I'm not sure because it was fast and I didn't rewind it. But when he asks him, you know, who shot first, and he knows damn well he shot first. Yeah, but he knows 100 percent he did, and we saw it. Yeah, and he he knows damn well he shot first, and then that's when he gets all defensive about it, and that's where the guilt starts. Because if they never questioned him, he probably goes on. I mean, he's probably he, you know, he still feels guilty anyway, but it made it worse. But that's where you can start the, the guilt really start to eat away at him because he knows damn well he shot first um and then the best part is and even though i kind of knew a, a little bit of what was going to happen you know the whole crooked cop turn i mean that was pretty cool to see him take down an entire police department um and kind of you know clean everything up but and then also just just the, the touching end of it of what i like and i don't know i'm being long-winded but the the very end uh when um 
when Jason gives his mother the picture of the three of them. Yeah. And it's like that that that's a really sweet moment. You know, that's a really cool moment. And it's it's crazy because I didn't get upset watching it, but I was touched by that because, you know, obviously, obviously my dad's not here, but my dad my dad died when I was seventeen. His his dad his dad died dead an infant. Um but it was interesting because that's the only time my mom and dad were together was when I was an infant. So there's pictures of me in that same kind of way. Yeah. Yep. So, so yeah. when I, so when, when I see a picture like that, it reminds me of what, of what my family structure was like. So, you know, and of course, oh, yeah. and, and also too, you see like in the movie, you know, she obviously is with Mahershala's character, Kofi, but they have a daughter together. So just like that, I have a half sister. So it's it's kind of the, the even though me even though me and my sister are close, but so so are so are the characters of uh, of Jason and I forget his sister's name. It's escaping me. Yeah, it doesn't but, really matter. She's not that important but, in terms of the yeah. story. But so I drew some parallels there to my own upbringing. Even though, even though I grew up, I'll say a little bit a lot better than than obviously Jason's surroundings. But just that whole movie. And from a human aspect, from a moral aspect, because there's a lot of moral ambiguity in there. That's a big uh, theme. And uh-huh. then, and then the uh, the class the class struggle. Like I, I like how everything was portrayed. Nothing was too over the top. And I like how it, it just it, the drama in it just kept me wanting to know what happened next, even though I knew it wasn't going to end well. I wanted to see more because I just I loved where the story would go. And then once it ended badly, it would pick up from a different perspective. And I liked that because it showed you how everybody dealt with the same exact situation and how something... And this is also how they say, you know, history repeats itself. Because in a way, it kind of does throughout the movie. Or especially at that, that last third. Um, you know, kind of in that same vein. Not exactly the same, but, you know, same kind of, you know, almost, you know, getting like a... a you know, his son getting kind of wants to get revenge. Um you know, pissed off and stuff like that. Uh, you know, kind of a rebel without a cause, just like his father. But at the same time, it's just like, that's, it's the way it was just so done. So well done to me. Uh, like I, I, that's why I, I, it's my favorite movie of the year so far. I mean, it's only, we still have a lot more yet, but that's my favorite one so far, just for all those reasons. And I know that was long winded, but that's what it is. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Uh, I'm, I liked it. I, I loved the ending. But my my overall reaction is I like it and I got it and that's it. Um, this I'm gonna be a little bit narcissistic here or whatever. Uh, this movie only exists because of one night stand. I think that's kind of funny. Um, <laughs> yeah. because, and by the way, yeah. by the way, Brandon, that adds into your, kind of your class structure thing, well, where yeah. that's a well, common thing. Of, yeah. yeah. And the idea of like generational struggles from you know, the consequences of one thing. Yes. 100%. You know? Uh, but yeah, the cop thing pissed me off because I was like, what's the point of this? This could be a separate movie. I was so into Ryan Gosling's character that I was just pissed off at the second part of the movie. For yeah. Most of it. And, <laughs> yeah. And, and, and he, and again, I got it at the end. I got it. Right. So if we, I, I should watch it yeah. a second time, but I got it. I got it. 100%. But, I also just didn't like, like, the wife was like, 
He's like, I don't think you should go back to the force again. Your grandfather wants you to do this. or No, excuse me, your dad wants you to do this and be a public servant or whatever, which he ends up doing in his own way. But the development of that kind of just pissed me off because I was like, okay, like, he's doing that. He's like, they, the, the police department is corrupt. And it's not really explained well because it's based off, like, the stripper thing. And I was like, I kind of hate this. It should be a natural progression, but it's not. It's just kind of shoehorned in. I just didn't really like it. I was like, dude, there has to be a better way to progress this. And then, like, 15 years later, yeah, he's fighting for AD or for AG. But you know he's fighting for AG because he took advantage of another cop. From a corrupt yeah. force. And I just yeah. was like, ah, that doesn't sit right with me. And then I love the third part with the kid when I started to realize what was happening. But I, I'm someone who I, I I was pissed off that somebody didn't die in this movie. And I think the person that should have died was um, was AJ, the, the, the cop's son, when uh, Jason goes to his house and starts shooting him. The fact that he just ended up with a concussion kind of pissed me off. Yeah, I was like, that, he, that, he 100 percent, he 100 percent should have died. And again, I'm not advocating for killing people. Okay, that's not my intention with saying this. What I'm trying to say, <laughs> what I'm trying to say, is for the story structure, right? Of okay, as weird as this sounds, it's a one for one shit it's one for one you killed you killed my you killed my father i'm gonna kill your son there's no reason that the son should be alive and by like the fact he ends up with a concussion like not a coma or some more like even i'm saying this even if it was like okay he gets shot in the leg and he has to be in a cast for six months whatever a concussion that just seems lazy and garbage Especially considering the fact that he was hospital, he was almost beaten to death by AJ. Yeah, like oh, it doesn't. So that, it doesn't. That was it, stupid. it doesn't. I, that just pissed me off. I just didn't like the second half. I feel like you can make that second half so much better and give him a natural progression to being an AG, and then you have that third part, and it, it's more meaningful because of that natural progression. Um, Ryan Gosling is an amazing bank robber, um, and again, my name, my name, my name is Rob, Rob the robber. So you know, I like talking about bank robberies, but please when, only when please. Did, yeah, when did that name become a thing? Uh, it's just like out of nowhere. Yeah, just something from one of like my bar friends or something. They're just like, oh, this is your name, and we we talked about robbing a bank. Well, one of our friends talked about how. He wants to rob a bank with a motorcycle. And then I talked about robbing a sperm bank, which I think would be really fascinating. <laughs> oh, jeez. Um, anything with a bank. But that being said, the, the text I sent you guys was, Ryan Gosling is a great bank robber. But one thing I realized watching, like, bank robber movies, and obviously it doesn't, it's stupid anyway. But the movies do a good job of, like, expressing like they 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 do the so cherry if we have you guys haven't seen cherry the tom holland movie and and this one they do a really great job of just i know it's like movie and a bit more fictionalized but like but i think ambulance even does this to a degree it's like 
getting you in the mind of a bank robber and why they do what they do. And like, I don't know, there's something about that that I find really fascinating. But then I'm also like, what makes me really fascinated by this is how stupid of an idea it is. It's insanely stupid. Yeah. It's so insanely well, dumb. And so I'm like, and, just yeah. just do it in payday three. That's my reaction every time <laughs> I see a bank. It's like, bro, doing this in real life is the dumbest shit you could ever do. It's one of the dumbest things you could ever do, especially in, in right. this day and age of bank robberies. Like, bro, payday two is so much more fun and you can actually rob a bank with your friends and not get in trouble for it. Just do it in payday and leave the rest of it alone. <laughs> That's my reaction. I mean, yeah, that well, that's the thing. It, yes, I agree. It is a stupid thing to do. But, you know, when people get desperate, it's, you know. And that's what I mean. Logic kind of goes out the window. And that's what and I mean it, by the mind of a bank robber. That's right. what I mean by it's that. It's not like it's not like he just was like, oh, I don't have any money. Well, I'm going to run. No, he really considered it like he thought long and hard about it and like mm, all the ways it could go wrong and and you know normally when guys pull off their heist they're like yeah hell yeah you know but no he like he gets back in the truck and he's like throwing up because he's like oh god <laughs> you know like what yeah, i can't believe do? i fucking did that yeah yeah and um and uh yeah and so then which okay by the way I have to throw this in there really quick. The bike he rides is a Suzuki DR400, and it is a four-stroke engine. However, the sound effect in that movie is a two-stroke engine, and it drives me crazy. <laughs> that's All that aside... Yeah, that's a good I, one. It's... Yeah, I mean, it, if you're not a biker, you wouldn't notice it, but it's like, it's such a distinct sound, and it's just like oh god anyways um because i have one of those and it's not like that high pitch no it's like really low pitch and you know it's like yeah but anyways that's fine um no but uh yeah so um i think my favorite scene in the movie though was even though the first third was my favorite part i think my favorite scene was probably when um when Jason went to uh, Robin's place, the yeah, um, yes, the, the yeah. Ben Mendelsohn, and yeah, and you know, it, it was just he's like, take, take his glasses. That's my favorite. Take your take his yeah. glasses. He would want you to have his glasses. Yeah. yeah, and he, you know, and obviously Luke and Robin, I think that's his name, right, Robin? Um, I'll look it up. I think. I, Anyways, um, you know, obviously things did not end well with them <laughs> at all. Um, I mean, they almost killed each other. But, you know, you can. It's Robin. And you yes. can see Robin. that. Yes, it's Robin, okay. And, and you can see that when Jason shows up, he's like, I'm Luke Clanton's son. And he's like, holy, you know, I mean, and. I mean, you can just see, and, you know, when he says, like, oh, were you guys friends? And he kind of hesitates. He's he's like, uh, yeah, yeah, we, we were, even though, you know, they, they really weren't. But, you know, it's just, 
it's like, why would you paint a negative picture of this innocent little kid's dad who he never knew? You know what I mean? Um, and, you know, it's just, it was, that was a moment where I was like, you know, for as flawed as Robin is, he's got a good heart at the end, you know? Um, and, yeah, just how chill he is with him, like, you know, he's 16. Oh, hey, you want a beer? <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, yeah. 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 And anyways, but I, I did think it was interesting how he kept the newspaper in his filing cabinet. Yeah. Of his death. You know, it's like, I don't know. That was an interesting detail. It's like, okay, maybe he did care about him, you know? I don't know. But um, anyways. Yeah. Yeah. That's all I got. But... <laughs> I, I I'll say I'll give it like a I I uh, Ron Tomatoes has a seventy eight. I'll give it a seventy four. I, I just the second half is so bizarre. It just takes away from a lot of the film for me. But that being said, I get it. And if you and I know Brandon, you love the movie. Yeah. I'm I'm cool with it. I have no issues with it. Because I get all your points, and I don't disagree with any of them. Like, as I said earlier, this is a movie where you can have any take. You could absolutely hate this movie, you could absolutely love this movie, or you can be in the middle, and you're not wrong. It's inarguable. Yeah. All of it's not. It's not a. De- I think it's a debatable movie. It's a debatable movie. Like we're technically kind of debating it, but do you get yeah. what I mean? Where it's like every single point oh, yeah. is so understandable. It's, it's rare so to movies like that. It's yeah. rare for a movie yeah, most, like that. Most, yeah, most movies, you you know, it's like, okay, this is, yeah, this is a good movie, or this is a bad movie, or whatever, and then somebody has a different opinion, you're like, really? You know, it's, it's and, you know, of course you'll hear them out and see what they have to say, but um, you're just, it's kind of like, what? Like, really? You, you didn't like that? But, yeah, this is one where, you know, some people... Like, Brandon, you love it. I know a couple other people who love it. I know some people who just, like, not. Nah, I just couldn't get into it. And no matter what, it's like, yeah, that's, that's understandable. You know, it's like, because it's so, it's so different. Uh, you know, it's, um, it's definitely a very unique movie, um, whether unique in a good way or a bad way, depending on how you see it, you know, so um yeah but anyways the more i think about this movie it almost feels like i mean this is probably the last thing i'll say i mean i'm trying to kind of piece together in my own head but i have to say anywhere else my i was my i won't sleep tonight um this i mean it's an epic for a reason so it's going to be you know tragic hero kind of stuff like i said before but this all it, the way it plays out is and especially with where they're kind of breaking up into acts although not explicitly explicitly saying that it broke up into acts but it basically did um you can see it you can see it. It almost feels like it plays out like a Shakespeare play. That's exactly right. what Shane said. That's exactly yeah. what Shane yeah. said like, is the preview. Like, like, like I... Modern Shakespeare. Like, like, yeah, I can I can hear it. Like, I can I can hear that point, because I'm just like, okay, well, the first act... Because in some Shakespeare plays, it's like, you know, you get attached to a character, and all of a sudden they die at the end of the, like, act one. It's like, okay, well, where do you go from here? Okay, yeah, well, here's act two. <laughs> yes yeah. it's like okay well where do you go in act two here's a different perspective or here's what here's what happens kind of after following 
and then all of a sudden by act three it's like oh yeah now now we're kind of way advanced now we're way ahead in the future and now it's like so it's like it plays out the same way so i can see that point i mean maybe maybe i was just in my own little world when you said it because i don't remember but um but no i definitely see that like i just that's why i love it so much i think i just love i love movies that just keep me not on the edge of my seat but what what's the word like it keep me deeply engaged Invested. i would say yeah. yeah like like movies like that where it's like where you're just you know wondering what's going to happen by the end if this is what happened in the beginning kind of thing those are the kind of movies that keep me interested because i'm like okay well what's what's the director thinking or what what's the person what's the screenwriter thinking of when they put this together like so where do we go from here is it going to be is it going to be a bad movie from here on out or is it going to be a good one and then eventually for me it ended up being a good one that's why like i when i look at it like hey you can give it a 74 like i uh, no movie for me is going to be a 9 or a 10 that's so hard to get but this one come this one comes close this is like an eight and a half out of 10 for me so 8.5 out of 10 completely fair shane what are we doing next week yeah, Sunday Night Football in San Francisco. And San Francisco, you think of that, you think of a a sea town, you know, one that's uh, very, very... Uh, We're going to watch Full House. If you will. That's... We're going to watch Full House. <laughs> so, no. Um, so I was thinking, we watched some narrative uh, movies so far we haven't watched the documentary yet and i was oh, thinking oh good one I was oh, thinking, this, and i was thinking the you know the nautical theme of san francisco with all the water everywhere the bay the ocean See i thought maybe this would be a good time to check out my octopus teacher if you guys oh, haven't seen that crap. what the hell we're doing my octopus teacher my favorite holy documentary of all time shit. It, holy um, fucking shit it's it's a very touching story and it's beautiful beautifully shot it's also short uh, so i'm not gonna sit there dying while i watch it no it's not too long and it's oh my god it's got 95 rotten tomatoes jesus it's incredible all right it is incredible i love it um, i love this yeah, and like mm. I said, it's it's gorgeous. The underwater cinematography is superb. I, I'm excited for this. All right, and that wraps it up for this week. The Chiefs got the three-point win in a pretty wild game. Um, oh, I can't wait to tackle that. Yeah, we'll tackle it a bit more next week. But uh, thank you, Shane. Thank you, Brandon. And we'll see you back next week for another episode of the Sports Ethos. Let's go. Yep, see you guys. Thanks for the good times.